Hello and welcome everyone to a brand new episode of the Passion, Pain, and Personal Finance Show with me, your host, Austin James, where our main goal is to take you from being an ambitious side hustler to becoming a profitable solopreneur. So today's guest is an accountant and business advisor. He helps small businesses to increase profitability, um, also for cash flow, and he also creates business strategies that helps small business owners to take more vacations, have more date nights, and ultimately build their personal wealth. So it's my pleasure to have on today's episode, Mr. Michael Lexstein. Michael, thank you so much, bro, for being today's guest. Man. No, thank you for having me. I just had to show up. You're doing the hard bit. <laughs> nah, it's going to be good. As always, they always turn out phenomenal, no matter how much I mess them up. So I'm excited for this one, man. But yeah, let's, I mean, the, the usual question before we always go off on the tangent is, what do you do and why do you do it? So I usually tell people I do math good, um, but in real life, I guess I do accounting and business advice. And um <laughs> why is like never a good story whenever i listen to podcasts people always have like really good stories like origin stories uh, my dad tricked me right he's an accountant and like he tricked me into being an accountant and now i do math for the rest of my life that's how that happened right um that um is why i got into it but recently i've been moving more from the traditional garden variety compliance accounting which is you know taxes bookkeeping payroll the kind of accountant you imagine when you think accounting to more advisory focused right because in my opinion you know you file a tax return because you have to because you don't want the irs to show up you don't file a tax return because it's like a value add or like it helps you learn about your business like yeah you can learn about taxes through your tax return and there's some tax planning that can be done but like that's it you know no one does it for funsies so (laughs) i'm trying to move more over towards advisory and actually providing value because when you talk to people about like them and their accountants you know they're very rarely like oh wow he just knows taxes so well they like their accountant because they help with their business you know they you know have insights and things like that and that's what people want from their accountants i was like let's give the people what they want yeah no, I feel that. And that, and I think that makes a lot more sense. I know when, when me and you first talked, um, you had mentioned that too, because that seems to be the, the route or the, the trend that, or I don't know, it wasn't the trend, but that seems like the future projection of how things really should go. So on the advisory sense, I mean, let's break that down too, because accounting, yeah, like you mentioned, it's everyone kind of knows what an accountant does, kind of air quotes yeah. don't tell me um but then on the advisory sense so what would be some examples or some situations that she would handle in that space we can shine some light on that so there's i guess the accounting space is broader than people realize right so when it comes to accountants you always think of tax accountants but technically there's other kinds we won't get into it yeah. but there are and the same goes for advisory right accountant advisory is a thing that's kind of becoming more mainstream now right and the accounting industry thinks it's the way forward but no one's defined it so everyone kind of does their own flavor right so you'll hear a lot of people doing cash flow forecasting that sort of thing i'm more on the strategic planning and helping you 
not just better understand your finances from a personal finance kind of point, but um, bringing in like accounting systems and internal controls and invoicing best, best practices, you know, not so much. I mean, I do do accounting for clients, but like all those other things that some accountants should have explained to you, but like no one did, right? Because what you'll see is you'll have accounts that are like, we do the accounting, you're on your own for invoicing, I'm going to explain none of it to you. <laughs> or like bill pay or payroll and they're like we're going to tell you none of it because you didn't pay us for it it's just like well you can pay me for it and i'll explain that because right. you know better invoicing is huge when it comes to cash flow and just like no one talks about it and i'm sure you know what i'm talking about you have a business you know the audience has businesses you know you go into business and you're like i'm good at what i do and then you get out there and like no one told you about sending invoices and like that seems like so simple you just send an invoice but then you start getting into it and you're like, oh, this is much harder than I thought it would be. Like, it's like, what software do I use? When do I send it? What do I have to put on the invoice? Right. And it's just like, no one tells you about any of it. Nope. It doesn't come up in college. It doesn't come up at networking events. Your accountant may not even know. You try and like Google for blogs about it, nothing, right? And it's just like, someone should be out there giving that part, you know? So that, that is what I help people with. Wow, that's perfect, man. You're becoming the one-stop shop that everyone needs. Okay. Yeah, because I, I'd rather have someone. I, you know, I think we talked about this on for everyone that's listening or watching. You know, we connected on LinkedIn. It just kind of just grew from there. Uh, but there was a conversation that we had on. Um, oh God, I forget her name. But it was it was kind of similar to that when when do coaches are they familiar with the financial side, like the number side of things? Tracy. Tracy. Yeah, Tracy Jepson. Tracy Jepson. Shout out to you, Tracy. Um, but yeah, we were talking about that and how there are a lot of coaches that kind of ignore that factor. They don't even look at the financials. I forget, someone mentioned an example where, you know, they say, you know, don't worry about the numbers. If the marketing is good, don't worry about the numbers. What yeah. kind of crap is that? <laughs> That's, that is my personal gripe with quote unquote business coaching. It's, such a broad term and there are some very good business coaches who have great experience who understand financials i'm not trying to throw the entire industry under the bus of course, of course. there are also a whole bunch that don't know anything about business or finances or whatever and it's kind of a shame because even if you want to have you know a business where you don't really get super duper involved in your numbers and you want to run it intuitively or whatever you still got to look at them every now and then yeah. Right, you don't got to be checking cash flow forecasts every single day, but every now and then, and the person that's advising you and guiding you should have some understanding. They don't have to be like some crazy CFO level, right. you know, whatever. But like, they shouldn't be more confused by profit and loss than you are. Right, you know what I mean? Yeah. And um, there are some very good business coaches that are great at it. You know, don't get me wrong, but some that couldn't care less. <laughs> yeah, and, and like you said, it, it's. It really can be very broad because I see that all the time too. And I've, I've met with other coaches, great people, like you said, great people, you know, tons of, you know, really solid, legitimate experience. And when you look them up online, it just says, you know, growth strategist or, um, you know, business coach and that's it. And then when I have a yeah. conversation with them, they're like, yeah, but the only thing I do is just sales coaching. I'm like, well, yeah. why don't you say that? So it is, it is very broad. Um, and there's actually, it's kind of one of those things where you don't even need to necessarily be 
certified or anything like that or have any licenses, anyone can kind of just come on and say that they're a coach yep. and stuff like that. So maybe that's what's having a pretty major impact because people might be really good with their own uh, marketing or they might be good um, on the back end or in, in certain areas. And they're just like, hey, I'm just a business coach. So this is what I do, you know, <laughs> but there is a chunk of it. And, you know, like you're saying, like a lot of business coaches are really sales coaches and the whole industry would be better if we like specified what we specifically did. Cause like business coach could be like sales coach, marketing coach, mindset coach, yeah. you know, finances and stuff like I'm doing. It's just like, there's a lot, you know, and they all have a place, you know, you need to sell, you need to market, you know, but, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. You need to have a team. Um, you definitely need to have a team. Like I know when, you know, to, to get accredited, to do what I do, a small business consultant, I had to go through like pretty extensive accounting, like education that mm -hmm. like made my eyes melt out of my head and my ears, you know, my brain come out of my ears. I had like a, a background in personal finance and like a little bit financial education because that's what I started the business on. But even though with like the education, it's enough for me to come in and if I recognize there's an issue on, on the books, I'm like, okay, we need to get somebody. <laughs> we need to get somebody because I'm not going to touch this. I recognize it. Um, yeah. Where it's like, okay, I can I can read this. I can understand what this looks like. And I'm like, okay, but we need someone qualified. I think that's a, I think that's what's necessary too. People need to be able to kind of be able to do that full view and then say, okay, if this area is not, really up to par and it's not something i really specialize in we need to get someone mm -hmm. whose expertise is is that yeah no. yeah you gotta know when like you're saying to find someone whose expertise is right and where like the red flags and triggers are for those things like where it's just totally out of your depth and you shouldn't be giving advice on Ooh. and i think a lot of people kind of fall into this trap in the beginning of their career or when they really need the money but like there are certain things you should just not give advice on no matter how much people pay you. Right. You know, like, <laughs> just I, the second it even is a kind of legal issue, I'm like, you need a lawyer. Yeah. I can help you find a lawyer. I'm not gonna just throw you out there to the wolves and say, find a guy. Right. But right. like, you know, the reality is that lawyers go to law school and they practice every day and they take, <laughs> you know, continuing legal education and the law is much more complex than we would like to pretend it is. True. And you can't just give colloquial you know, I heard it over here advice because that's not good. You know, people can get in a lot of trouble, right? And the same goes for, you know, like investment advice. You need licenses to give some investment advice, right? It's just like, if you need to be licensed, I don't want to get into it. I got a guy, I'll refer you to a guy. I trust him, you know, but I'm not getting involved, you know? That's how it should be, man. That's how it yeah. should be. Every, every, every business owner should have that kind of team where they've got people that are like you said, I, you mentioned it earlier that people that have certain expertise, mm -hmm. they're really great in certain areas. You need someone for sales. You need someone for marketing. I don't want a generalist to, to work yep. with. Yeah, I do this. Yeah. I do um, sales I do marketing. I do uh yeah, I do accounting. I do taxes. I do it all. Man. Yeah. You know, for, for $500 a month, it's nothing. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's a whole nother animal, man. But but let me ask you this then. I mean, so let's say because, you know, a lot of the audience are, are individuals that 
maybe not so much on the startup side of things, but they've got their business. They've they've had it at least for a year or so. So they've kind of been in the game for a little a little bit. Yeah. What um what financial advice would you give to them? Because this is this is your expertise. So if there's anyone I've ever had on any of these episodes that can really tap on the financial, no pressure, but it's you. So what advice so, <laughs> what advice would you small give? Small business finance. There's a few things, right? And um, I'm just going to list them real quick and then we'll dive into it so I don't forget, Please. right? So um, spend some time reviewing your like profit and loss in accounting and um, get good financial practices in place to improve your cash flow. Those are really the two main ones, right? And I could go on forever, but we'll start there, right? So before you can have a PL, a profit and loss, or sometimes an income statement, right? You got to have good accounting. You got to care about your accounting, right? That doesn't necessarily mean, although I would prefer as an accountant, you outsource it, right? If you're going to do it yourself, care, right? Because a lot of the time I'll see accounting that was done themselves and it's just like they didn't care and you can see they didn't care. And the problem is that A, uh, expenses can fall between the cracks and that is bad for your tax return because you might miss a deduction, right? And B, you can't really make decisions off of a report that has no details in it. Like you can't toss all your expenses into general expenses. Like I get it, they're all generally expenses, fine. But like you can't glean any information from that. And while profit and losses are used to prepare tax returns, there is a lot of stuff you can kind of glean from them and spend 10, 15 minutes a month just looking at it. And you don't have to like be like a CFO or like, you know, what's some crazy financial formula, this or that, but like every month look at it. And at first it's going to be confusing, but as time goes on, you'll start getting better at understanding your numbers, right? The difference between like you and like an accountant is an accountant spends all the time looking at these. They went to school to look at these and all that. So they can make assumptions faster, but people are great at finding patterns and things. It's just inherently something people are very, very good at. Right. Like how many times are you driving down the street and you're like, wait a second, it's been like five green lights. You know, <laughs> for whatever reason, our mind, or you're like in some street, like you're visiting someone for a, a dinner party and you use their bathroom, you're like, that tile's out of place. Like your brain just sees <laughs> patterns. Right. Yeah. You just see them. And it's just like, if you look at your profit and loss for 10 minutes every month, you will start seeing patterns in your revenue and certain expenses. And you'll start asking yourself these questions like, wait a second why is this expense so much higher than it was last month or the month before, right? If you want to take that the next step up, when you generate the profit and loss, instead of doing a either monthly or an annual, do one where you can compare periods so you can see like three months next to each other and it will kind of accelerate how quickly you can see these patterns. And it's just like, at first, it's going to be hella confusing, right? It is. Right. But you will get better at it. And it only takes like 10 minutes a month. And within a few months, within a year, you will understand your business a lot better than just checking your bank balance every day will give you. You know, you have a better understanding where your money goes. And then the second thing, do you have any questions on that before I dive into cash flow? I thought that was spot on. I, I know like one thing that I've I've noticed is that one of the scariest questions you can ask a business owner is how much does it cost to keep the lights on? And sometimes well, not nah, sometimes it's, it's giving the benefit of the doubt. A lot of the times, it's uh, uh, I'm not sure. 
But yeah. like you said, I mean, being on top of that, noticing the patterns with your business, that's how you're going to have that control. And that's how you're going to speed up growth because you know what's going on. You don't have to be an expert, but you know what's going on. And that's mm-hmm. that's way above most people. So please keep going, man. This is great. Yeah. It's just being aware. Yeah. You don't have to have it all memorized. Just be aware of what's going on. Like when you watch shows like Shark Tank or The Profit or whatever, they expect all the business owners to know these numbers off the top of their head. It's like, you don't gotta. You're doing your day job, doing paid client work, but you should know where to find the answer, right? That's the thing. Know where to find the answer. But moving on to cash flow, right? Care about your cash flow, right? Cash flow is more than just checking your bank account and seeing if you have money to pay bills, right? <laughs> um, you gotta care. And I always say that in a small service business, there's really three main things you can do to improve cash flow. You can improve your profitability. You can have better invoicing procedures, better follow-up so you get paid faster. And you can save money. And I know no one wants to hear saving money as part of cash flow. <laughs> At the end of the day, sometimes you got to save money for cash flow. All right. Um, in certain niches and industries and like retail businesses, there are other elements to it, like trying to pay inventory a little bit later, right? Or maybe paying inventory a little sooner. Depends, right? But if you can improve those three areas, you can improve your cash flow, right? A business that has, you know, has a 10% profit margin is going to have worse cash flow than a business with 30% profit margin, just because the more profitable business will always have more money coming in the door than leaving. Right. Or um, if you have better invoicing procedures, and what I literally mean is like invoice on time, don't wait two weeks to invoice, right? <laughs> right. Follow up on them, right? If you're giving someone, first off, don't give people net 30 terms, net 14, right? If you're a small business, right? Net 30 is for big businesses. Yeah, so no 30, 60, 90, none of that. So big businesses will throw their weight around on you and right. try and do that. The thing is, at least my opinion on it is, net 30 made sense 50 years ago. You had to mail someone <laughs> an invoice and they had to mail you a check. And mail isn't instantaneous. Right. I can send you like we could get off this call and I could send you an invoice if I wanted to and you'd have it 10 minutes later. I don't got to wait a week for you to get it. I have to wait a week for your check to arrive and to clear my bank account, you know? So if we remove those two weeks, net 30 becomes net 14, right? Don't give people forever to pay you. (laughs) Of course, it depends on the industry and who you're doing business with. No enterprise client is going to like net 14, right? They're going to be like, no, right? But, um, don't just send the invoice and leave it. Send the invoice and follow up on it. Mm. Follow up, you know, beforehand. If it's a major invoice, like uh, thousands of dollars, give them a call. You know, and don't be like, where's my money? Be like, hey, do you have any questions? Right. Can I help clarify anything? Right? And be, you know, communicative with it. Because like, yes, selling is important. Yeah, closing the deal, doing the work. But this is the part where they pay you. You know, that's... You're getting the money. You know, you did all the work and all the effort into the marketing, the sales, the client work. This is where you get the money to pay the expenses. This is an important bit. You know, don't let it fall between the cracks, right? Follow up on it, right? Before your um, payment terms are up. So before the net 14, it's not late. So you can't be rude to them. You should never be rude to your clients first off. But like, just be like, hey, can I help you out? And then afterwards, you know, kind of be like, listen, you agreed to pay on net 14 terms as part of the contract, you know, and if you have late fees or interest, charge them, you know, 
that's what payment terms are there for. You know, contracts don't enforce themselves. You do, right? If you need to sue someone, the contract won't sue them. You got to go find a lawyer, right? Um, but yeah, take invoicing seriously. And then, you know, on the topic of savings, right? If you have, if you know you have a big expense coming up, right? And you have to pay for it. You got to save in advance of it. You can't just drop the money right there because that's going to create a cash crunch in your business. Then you're going to be playing catch up. Right. And the example I always use with small businesses is your quarterly estimated tax payments that the owners have to make, right? right? So let's say you owe $15,000 every single quarter. If you save like a thousand bucks a week, or I guess that's technically 1250 a week, yeah. right? You save 1250 a week and you save it throughout the quarter, right? You won't have a cash crunch when you just have to drop the 15 grand on that payment. Right. Whereas if you don't save it, all of a sudden you lose 15 grand out of the business. Now some other bill has a problem and it kind of cascades down. So you got to save for the big expenses. Right. You have to break it up. You know, uh, and a lot of this too, definitely seems to correlate to how someone would manage their own personal finances as well. So mm -hmm. is, is there any correlation? I'm playing dumb, but is there any correlation that you see between the way I manage my own money and the way I manage my business's money? Um, to a certain extent, yes. Things like budgeting and not having a ton of debt and trying to pay down credit cards and stuff like that are just as important. But I would say with a business, you have more options available. Like for example, if you're an employee working on your personal finances, you can't really enforce invoice terms. You get your paycheck when you get your paycheck. Right. right? <laughs> and hopefully you get your paycheck on time, right? If you don't get your paycheck on time, call the Department of Labor. But um, as a business owner, a very major part of managing your finances is those invoices, right? And is also the ways you can fund your business through either, you know, more loan options like SBA loans or taking on equity partners that invest money or factoring your receivables, which isn't always a great deal. But like there are more options available for small business finances. Right. And on the other side of it, from a tech standpoint, there's a lot more technology to manage your business finances than there is personal finance. With personal finance, it tends to be budgeting software. Right. And there's not much beyond it. Some investing software, but nothing too crazy. With uh, small businesses, you know, there's software now that like 50 years ago, enterprise companies couldn't even get their hands on. You know, like it would have been a dream 50 years ago. And now you can have like a crazy setup for like a hundred bucks a month. You, you know, the software is on another level, right? So the base concepts are similar but like it goes a little bit deeper and there's a little bit more into the business side. Of course, yeah, there's a lot more mechanics that go into it. But yeah, no, I, I thought that was a, a great point that you made uh, mention of. And honestly, I think all these tips are, are really great because I mean, granted, the financial side is never really the fun side of the business. I mean, I mean, it, don't, the only financial side I, I see most people care about is the increase in the bank account. But even then cannot be, it might not be that great of a thing either. But it's it really is good um to to have if anything like and you mentioned this right at the beginning to have a basic understanding of the financial side of your business i mean this is your business yep. you know this is your business so you don't have to be an expert and no one should and no one's telling you to be an expert in every last area of your business yeah but 
you should have a familiarity, you know, if anything. Yeah, you should know enough to be dangerous. There you go. Yeah, and it's like, and when you think about, um, you know, I just did an episode with, uh, the previous episode was with uh, Lauren Fernandez, and we were talking about scalability of a business. And we were talking about how a major aspect of scaling a business is, is having a team, a solid team around you. Now, in, in that sense, we were talking about other professionals that could help scale the business. But in this sense, I mean, you know, having that team that covers up those weak areas personally for mm-hmm. you, if you are the business owner. Now, we're talking about people that necessarily aren't solopreneurs, and we could talk about them a little bit later too, but someone that has a team, having someone that, that can handle those financial aspects but still be able to summarize it for you so at least you understand what's going on Mm -hmm. super important yeah when you do start scaling up like you do have to hire out for your weak points and you can hire out for just about all of your weak points and it is fine if you do hire out to you can outsource your monthly accounting just like you outsource your taxes outsource your payroll I mean, you should always be using some sort of software at the very least. Right. As you scale up, you do need those kind of professionals here or there that are experts in it. Right. And not just experts in it, but can sit you down and explain things to you. Right. right? Don't good. solely trust that just because they're... A, it's a problem in the accounting industry where accountants will be quote-unquote good accountants, but are incapable of explaining anything. Right? <laughs> Find someone that can, you know, make it make sense, you know? Right. Yeah, you still got to look at the profit and loss for 10 minutes. But like, if you have deeper questions about how to improve your finances or what this or that means, it's nice to have someone on the team that can explain it. Right. Because if, if I'm the owner, if I'm the owner of the business, I mean, if I'm the owner and I'm trying to scale, I'm trying to grow, I'm trying to surpass limits, whatever, I can't necessarily be quote unquote bogged down with the different facets of the business. I need you to be kind of like that creative spearhead. So like you said, to your point, I mean, whether you outsource it or not, your account should be, um, you know, not only up to par, but like you said, they can explain it to you because I might not, I'm not going to have the time if I'm trying to grow and I got to do all these other things. I'm not going to have the time to sit down and look at the numbers all day and things like that. But I need someone to at least break it down to me and, and yeah. let me know, Hey, you know what, Austin, you, I know, you know, you've got your marketing budget, but based off of what's going on, here's maybe some suggestions on that area. I think that would be a great idea, you know, (laughs) which ties into the advisory side that you mentioned earlier. Yeah. Hopefully that's the future of accounting. I know some of the more um, progressive accountants are thinking like that sort of thing. You can kind of find it, but just like in business coaching where there aren't certifications in that specific skill set right. it's kind of like you still have to suss out whether or not a specific accountant can do that even if they're claiming they can right yeah that's tough that's tough but at least we know we've got one we've got one guy <laughs> on the episode um but honestly i i i think that's the i think that's the smarter way to go about it, the the route that you're going um and i think that's I think that's really what people are looking for, you know, when they when they hire an accountant. Because if I'm hiring an accountant, I mean, yeah, the software, the on top of the financials, I love that. Perfect, great. But I would I most likely don't have a CFO if I've got a super, super small team. So the next best thing, I want to have an accountant that's like, okay, Austin, you want to do this, this, and this. Here's why you shouldn't, or here's why we can. 
But like having yeah. that advisory role, I think that's very, very important and essential and people need mm-hmm. that. Yeah, for decades now, there's been a mismatch in what accountants do and what business owners want. Mm-hmm. You know, accountants are very much in this compliance mindset of I do your taxes, I do your accounting. And a lot of accountants don't even want to talk to you beyond that. But like you're saying, like the vast majority of business owners want to be able to talk to someone that understands the business environment, understands business finances, and just have the conversation. Even if it's a half hour, an hour here or there, or a few questions throughout the year, that is what a lot of business owners hire accountants for. And accountants don't realize and there's this like weird mismatch and everyone's unhappy because like the accountant's like, why are they asking me questions? And the business owner's like, why don't they answer my questions? Yeah, this is what you're here for, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, um, the downside of that is expect to pay for that, right? You can't, of course. if you're paying a thousand bucks for your corporate returns tax preparation, you cannot talk to them for an hour every single month. Like you're going to pay them extra, you know, because sure. they have other work. Right? <laughs> You but pay people for the work they do, right? But that and and that and that shouldn't be looked at. Any any good business owner, any leader in, in their business that's worth their salt should look at that not as an expense or an extra expense, mm-hmm. but as an actual investment. Because, well, we're talking about invest like financials, but like it should be looked at as an investment because it's like now I've got someone that not only understands my financials, but he's giving me the advice to make sure that whoever I hire, because if you're scaling, you need more people, whoever I hire makes sense financially. Mm-hmm. On the flip side, you can just have someone that just does the accounting, no advice, no, you know, no advisory role. And then I just go off on a tangent, making all kinds of, you know, financial decisions. And then crap, I made a mistake, but because I didn't have anyone to guide me. Yeah, you know. it's, you know, do you want to have the reactive kind of historical accounting where you just have the financials for tax returns? Yeah. Or even if they're not guiding you, do you want an accountant you can ask the question to before you do something? Right. right. Like like you're saying, if I want to scale and I want to hire someone before I make the hiring decision, call the accountant and be like, so help me understand this profit <laughs> and loss. Help me understand my cash flow also. Because it's not just about having the profit for it. It's about having the money at the right time. Right. And talking to them about it. Right. That's exactly how it should be. I love that. I love that. So let me ask this, Mike. I mean, if if people want to reach out to you, because you've given, I mean, you've given tons of really solid advice. And now instead of people having to look all over the place to find this kind of, um, to sound cool, I'll say the the new hybrid, hybrid accountant, Uh neo accountant, something cool like that. Um, since they they found you, I mean, how can they reach out to you? So right now you can either find me on LinkedIn, right? Michael Eckstein. I'm sure we'll have a link down below to make life easy, right? And I'm there just about every day. If you have a quick question, feel free. And um, also my favorite, my uh, weekly newsletter, where I call it the best damn small business newsletter on the internet, because (laughs) to me and my mom, it is. But uh, pretty much, and... I believe you read it, right, Austin? Uh, it is not the kind of salesy, hit you over the head with buy my services kind of newsletter. It's just, I don't know, five to 600 words every single week. Here's a business topic that doesn't get enough spotlight out there, right? Because in my opinion, a lot of 
small business advice is the cool topics like sales and marketing. And I try and keep it to boring topics, which is not a good sales pitch for the newsletter, but like the boring (laughs) topics are important to business also. Right. Uh, It's the boring things that people don't talk about every weekend in your email. Just a quick, here are a few pointers. Here's an action item, you know, good luck. There you go. (laughs) Good luck. Now that's, that's perfect. Cause that, that boring, everyone, every business has that boring side or they have those areas that they're not trying to touch. So the fact that you're touching on them for them helps out big time. So I'll put the link to all of that. I'll put the link to your LinkedIn and I think in your, uh, your landing page for your newsletter too. I'll put that in the description. So anyone that's perfect wanting to reach out, you guys have all the info there and Mike, man, thanks so much for, uh, for being today's guest, man. I really appreciate it. Seriously. It's, it's been cool. No problem. Thanks for having me. I said to show up. <laughs> that was it. Yeah, we were having some Zoom issues beforehand, but everything's all good. You know, new crappy updates and stuff. But uh, to everyone that's listening or watching on YouTube, you know, thank you guys for tuning into another episode of the Passion, Pain, and Personal Finance Show. And I'll talk to you soon.